All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Well, grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host, K-Dub, and today we're going to talk about Apostle Catherine Crick. But before we do that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not. As always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Yes. Before we get into the subject, I just want to let you know, I had, you guys know I'm a lover of Waterloo, all things Waterloo. Had to give me a new flavor for this one because this is going to be an interesting show. Make sure you grab your favorite drink. Uh, Hopefully it's low in sugar and all that, you know, very healthy. You know, we support good nutrition here at All Things Theology. I got me a cherry limeade Waterloo. So right now, just take take a take a sip of your favorite drink. Go ahead, go ahead. Ah, so so tasty, so tasty. Mm. Had to get another sip. Hope y'all are doing well, man. It's good to see you all in here. We're gonna talk about Apostle Catherine Crick, and the reason why I say Apostle. It's because, obviously, I don't believe there are new apostles. I believe that's the Bible's teaching. <laughs> yes, today's Waterloo flavor is. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are liking the stash. I see that. Um, <laughs> growing it out, trying something new. But, uh, yes, we're going to go through how Catherine, Catherine Crick believes she was made an apostle. It's a very interesting story. Then we're going to go through some of her theology and... Um, I feel like I feel like I'm going to be uh, playing this a lot. Saint Westbrook, what might be, bro? What are you talking about, Saint, man? Saint Westbrook might make an appearance a few times tonight, <laughs> um, or maybe maybe this. Wait a minute, who are you? You know, so I feel like I might have to play those uh, specifically quite a bit tonight. Um, the reason how I got onto Catherine Craig, how she kind of came in my wavelength, uh, pardon the new age pun right there, uh, <laughs> but how she came out into interaction, a lot of people were saying, you need to, you need to look into this. And so literally all of last week, maybe two weeks prior to, I just listened to, pray for me y'all, because I listened to quite a bit of uh, Catherine Craig's videos and she doesn't make short videos. I mean, most of them are like an hour long, some two, three hours. Um, and so, Hey, I took the time to listen to her and was like, wow, I did not know it was this bad. Did not know her theology was this bad. Did not know her. Anyways, let's, you know what? How about this? I play this first clip and then we start, we talk about it. We, this is going to be a conversational podcast today. So I want to hear your input. I started hungering for more and more of God. Uh, and that hunger led me to go to a little tiny house church where a prophet was leading the service. I didn't know prophets existed today still, but with a childlike heart and hunger, I went. And that ended up being the most amazing decision because at that tiny little house church of just like 30 people in this small house, I encountered the power of God for the first time. I witnessed miracles happening. I witnessed people being healed before me. I witnessed 
um, demons manifest and then being cast out of people. Um, I received prophetic ministry for the first time. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and encountering the power of God was the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Um, it opened up my eyes to how amazing God is and how how much he loves me. Like just that encounter with God, it's, it's just indescribable of just how your eyes open up to just this knowing God is amazing and he loves me and his word is true. That's what happened to me before. Before I was at a place of believing that he was good and he loved me and his word was true to now knowing it with all of my heart. All right. So that's the first clip. Uh, we're going to respond, right? Um, I wanted to play that by itself in this next clip. I want to play by itself, but let's respond to that. So um, I, I think around six years ago, six, seven years ago, she goes and meets this prophet, right? She goes to a house church, right? Um, and then from her own words, she encounters the power of God for the first time. Now, I don't know how you're a Christian for any amount of time and never encountered the power of God, right? Ultimately, our salvation is an act of the power of God, right? Him changing us from death to life. So lo and behold, she, she's, you know, Christian all life, never encountered salvation essentially um but ultimately what she means the power of god is you know the uh, the the healings and the, the tongues people getting demons cats that's what she means right very interesting but any story that starts off with them going to a uh, house church and meeting a prophet probably isn't going to uh, end very well uh, but i don't know why my thought immediately went to like someone like joseph smith right like Someone claiming she, uh, <laughs> this comment's funny. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's baby line. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, Renewed Minds Ministry says she never mentioned anything about the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he said earlier, basically scripture wasn't sufficient for her. We're going to see that's a common theme with her. That's a common theme specifically with Catherine Crick is the denial or often lack of belief in the sufficiency of scripture. Ultimately, I think many charismatics that can be a critique of, of them, but specifically for her um, to where she says, Hey, I mean, even that, you know, it's, it's to where, you know, I, I believed it, but now I, I really knew it right. Because of experience for many people in the charismatic movement experience is scripture. Now they may say, no, I don't, I don't believe that, but you hear them talk and, that's really what um, comes out. So she meets this prophet of God, and um, we're going to see some interesting developments because I'm, I'm going to play her own testimony to where she becomes an apostle. So stick around for that. You're not going to want to miss. So she meets this prophet and becomes, I guess, starts taking her walk with God serious, right? Um, before that, she believed she was a lukewarm Christian. Uh, even though we're going to even see some problems with some of the things she was doing as a Christian. Um, you're right. You're right on. You're right on. <laughs> we're going to get to that. And so next in her journey, which I believe is about nine months later from this encounter with this prophet. Well, she meets an apostle or another prophet. Let's listen to this. Um. So 
this after I surrendered to him, just this fire and joy for him exploded in my life like I had never experienced. And I was a Christian my whole life. But now I was on fire. I just wanted to talk about him and think about him all the time. And when I encountered the power of God, it, it, it put a hunger in me to, to spend time with him, to read the Bible. Now, remember before I was hearing those voices of condemnation and guilt and shame. And it was, that was making me turn away from God because I was thinking that it was God, that it was truth, that it was God. So it made me not want to turn to him. So I surrendered to Jesus um, January 7th of 2016, the day I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and two months after I first encountered the power of God. And um, nine months later, now I was pursuing being a Christian EDM singer, songwriter. Nine months later, I went to this conference, this prophetic conference where there was going to be a different prophet ministering at this prophet, at this conference. And I was amazed at the way that that the, the power of God was moving at this conference and I was very convicted. This is a true prophet of God. God is really here. The kingdom of God is really here. And then this prophet prophesied to me that I was called to be an apostle, not a Christian EDM singer songwriter as my like full calling, but to be an apostle. All right. And so, okay, so we see, so, you know, she has this experience with this prophet nine months later, and this was in 2016. So six years ago, six and a half years ago, she, she runs into this prophet. Then nine years from that, so around September, right? September, November-ish time frame, uh, October-ish, she runs into another prophet at a conference, and he makes her an apostle. Answer me this, guys. I didn't know we had the ability to make anyone an apostle. Biblically speaking, none of the apostles were. Jesus makes one an apostle. Right. And then there are qualifications of an apostle. Right. Seeing the resurrected Jesus is one of them. Right. Um, Oddly enough, there were no female apostles. So wonder how she gets gets around that. Very interesting. Um. So she was pursuing this acting career, this musical career, and runs into this prophet. He's like, no, 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 no uh, electronic dance music, right? No singing. You're going to be an apostle. Um, Very interesting, right? We're going to take a look at that. But before we do that, I want to take a look at something on her website because she describes pretty much what she says. And I, I, I just think it's interesting. Let me pull this up. You know, I like to do my research. I I, I like to do my research. I, I try to do a, a lot of hours comes into this maybe one to two hours video that I'll do today. A uh, lot more listening, you know, but I want to to know. Yeah, Jen says, this is all about her. Where is the gospel? We're going to see um, very clearly that's much up about it. Um, I even looked on her YouTube to see if I can see the gospel, I've never heard the gospel explained from her. Um, and and really, when she kind of gives some kind of salvific message, it's it's ne- never about Jesus or just in passing. But let's let's uh 
Someone asked, you think you could do a video on all these titles used in the church? Oh, that would be good. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that. Um, obviously, I, I don't believe. So let, let me explain that right even now briefly. Apostles and prophets. If you mean capital A apostle, like the 12 apostles, there's no 13th or 14th apostle, right? If you mean apostle uh, lowercase a in the sense of messenger, right? That's because that's essentially what an apostle means, messenger. Um, I wouldn't have many problems with it, but I think it's confusing. It's not best if we use the term, right? Um, let's go with prophet. Um, cap again, with the same distinction, pro capital P prophet. I'm, there's no more capital B prophets. Um, if you mean prophet in, you're declaring what God has already said. Well, then that's characteristic of every Christian. So is a lowercase uh, apostle. But um, I, I think, I don't think it's healthy to use those terms in that sense, unless you're very clear in what you mean because of the confusion, right? Because, you know, you go around calling yourself a, a capital A apostle. People s seem to end give you more authority, right? You can say anything, you know, in many of these crowds. So let me share my screen here. Notice this. So I, I'm on the about section. Let's go here. And you go to leadership, and it's only about her. Very interesting, right? Like, she, she's the only leader. Pa notice it, lead pastor slash apostle. But notice our title goes lead pastor slash apostle. Apostle Catherine Craig, right? You don't go by Pastor Catherine Craig. I think that's funny. Or apostle slash pastor, right? The more emphasis on the weightier, uh, you know, title. But... Notice it's, she's the only one in authority at this church. So even if I granted her pastor apostle, the Bible is very clear. There are multiple elders in the church, but she's the only one. And we're going to get to the woman pastor's deal later. So I'm going to save that. Um, let's read her own testimony from her own words. Okay. It says, Apostle Catherine was always hungry for more of God. Interesting. Oh, and she and, and, and you you guys heard her say she had always been a Christian. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but no one has always been a Christian. But anyways, in 2013, she came to Los Angeles from her hometown of Andes, New York, to pursue acting. Right. Just a small town girl. Right. <laughs> Living in a what's what's the what's the next line? I don't know. <laughs> as soon as she arrived, the hunger of God increased. One day, this hunger led her to experience the power of God through the ministry of a prophet. You know, just the uh, what she was telling. Opening her eyes to the fact that God does miracles today. I mean, I believe that. Salvation's a miracle. Let's continue. This encounter led her to fully surrender to God. And she was changed forever, set on fire. So she was a Christian, but she wasn't fully surrendered, right? Still wanted the world, I guess. Anyways, that's problematic. But hey, that's her own description. Her heart burned for people to experience the power of God here in America. Well, that's good. Right? She would pray, God, may all your people receive true anointing and experience prophetic ministry like I have so they can be set on fire. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian. Always hungry for, for more of God. The Bible is not enough. Oh, wait, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, the Jesus Calling book. By the way, bad devotional book. 
It's not good because she kind of states something very similar, right? When it comes to scripture, she's like, I knew the Bible was enough, but I always wanted more. I'm not reading from the uh, blog, by the way. I'm quoting uh, the devotional book, right? Jesus Calling, right? Where she says, like, she wanted more than the Bible. Be careful of people like this because the Bible is not their authority. It's their experience. And we're going to see that's the case for uh, Catherine Crick, right? But um, let's continue. She says, Apostle Catherine was pursuing a, a career as a Christian singer slash songwriter at the time. Okay. Going to be uh, very interesting, but note that. Nine months after encountering God's power, she attended a conference where God used the prophets to say, I have called you to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You are called to reach the nations. Upon hearing that word, she felt like Moses. Well, Moses won apostle, so, but I get her sentiment. Um, he was a prophet. But anyways, <laughs> unqualified, unable to speak, and unable, sorry, and unable to picture herself ministering. Okay, I get it. Inadequacies of a human, okay. But she had faith that God would equip her. She obeyed God's call and put her music career pursuit aside. With the leading of the Holy Spirit, she launched a ministry in Los Angeles. Beginning with church services, church service on a mountain in Muholland Drive. Oh, uh, Susie says, what? Sorry, I don't know what's clicking the wrong comments. She says, what exactly does encounter God's power mean? She is, she essentially means like the experience, uh, the casting out of demons, uh, healing, speaking in tongues. That's what she means when she means the power of God. Um, but yes, continuing with this, she says, God led her to launch fivefold church. With the mandate of bringing revival to America through the fivefold ministries. Let me say this. I do not believe God led her to bring this church about because I don't believe. I believe the scriptures clearly state that the role of an elder is of a male only. We'll get to that. I'll, I'll, I'll prove that right now. I'm making the assertion, but I'll prove it biblically. I just wanted to say that. But continuing on with this, she says, Apostle Catherine is the lead pastor of fivefold church where miracles happen. People are delivered. Oh, sorry. People are healed, delivered, and transformed as the prophetic anointing flows powerfully. Now, we're going to examine some of these um, deliverances. Yesterday, I, I, I released a video of one of these deliverances. If you're interested in checking it out, uh, most of these things look fake. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be honest. They look fake. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Biddy here, but at least his looks real. <laughs> you know, most of the time, at, at least the jacket flying over people hitting them ahead. Like, OK, maybe this could be the power of God if you didn't know any better. Right. But hers, they look like some C grade actor, <laughs> which, you know, she was pursuing this musical actor acting career. It looks like someone that wasn't a good actor is doing this stuff. Ironically enough, we'll 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 uh, dive more into deeper into that. She says, Apostle Catherine is passionate about seeing people receive the power of God through the prophetic and apostolic ministry of Jesus. To see people set, afire, set free, full of zeal, and transformed to mature vessels of God. Okay. Um, and yeah, so, every since May 30, 2021, every week, 300 plus people have come to five-fold church revival in the park. And every week since then, she, she, uh, several have traveled from all over the U.S. and other countries to encounter God at Fivefold Church. 
very sad to hear that given her theology which we'll get into um and yeah she she uh travels you know throughout the throughout the world with this um sorry I had to take a uh had to take a drink um very interesting right but here's what I want to do now you know because I've, I've kind of laid a groundwork of kind of you know she she went to this house church met a prophet kind of started taking her walk more seriously according to her words nine months later she meets another prophet calls her to be an apostle okay well let's actually look at this encounter with this apostle right because i there's going to be some very problematic things that are said um from the prophet and from um apostle now apostle Catherine creek apparently so Let's take a look at this. Anointing upon you, Apostle Catherine. Catherine. As this anointing will help you to lift her up again. Will help you to. So she, I guess, just fell out under the anointing of Jesus, right? Just <laughs> she can barely stand up during this. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get more into this, right? So he's about to l- just listen to what's said. Um, do what you please to make this anointing known. And I believe this this prophet is in Africa. And so, matter of fact, I, I think uh, from what I read in the description, this video, well, first of all, this video is no longer on the internet. <laughs> so uh, your, your apostolic ordination service got scrubbed from the internet ironically enough but i think he called all these women to be apostles as well so not only did catherine get the uh the blue check mark on apostleship so did these other women uh so interesting enough it's another gift to make this anointing known and so this this guy's name if you look i think his name is jor davy so receive this anointing now this is different. I always think it's interesting when people fall out right under the spirit of God. And you can tell, like, they're not trying to hit their head, right? They're all like, oh, let me make sure I don't hit my head. You're still awake. You're still conscious. So that's very interesting to me. I always thought that was interesting in uh, charismatic movements. Uh, but, yeah, so that's how she got um, an apostle, quote, unquote. Uh, but let's hear her response to this, right? Um, let's hear her response. We'd like to plant a seed at your feet. Baba, we want to be used to reach all of the people. And Baba, I looked this up. Baba means, uh, in, in like Swahili, I think it's Swahili in language, in a- African language for sure. Uh, it means father. It means daddy. Right? And so she's going to keep referring to this man as daddy. Um, I'll let you draw the conclusions on that. ...of Los Angeles to bring them to you. There's so many people hurting in LA. There's so many people hurting and across America. And we want God to use us to reach them and to bring them to you so that they may be healed and delivered and be directed into God's will for their life. So notice what she's saying. She wants the people of LA 
to be brought to this quote unquote prophet, not not Jesus, but this prophet. Right. So they can get some kind of deliverance. Very interesting. And for that, so that they may receive what we have received. Hallelujah. We want, we, we, we don't want to keep this to ourselves. We want to share this with the world. What, what do they want to share with the world? This man. This man. That's this is the most idolatrous thing I've ever heard. And all of this joy. I gotta respond to uh, my man Marvin for Christ. He said, "Where are they real daddies at?" This is out of hand. <laughs> yes, this is maybe some daddy issues going on. I don't know, but this is strange. That you see in all of us and this transformation it is only because of you Baba we would be nothing without you notice what she says the transformation that they had is only because of right Baba daddy here this this man they would be nothing without him I mean extreme blasphemy Extreme blasphemy. Jesus. We know and recognize that you hold the keys for America and only you. Only, um, only he holds the key. I didn't know there were keys to America, for one. But if anybody holds the key, it's God. But anyways. We want... As John the Baptist declared, there's someone greater than me coming. Is she applying that's about this prophet? Because that was clearly referencing Jesus. See, this is this. Uh, I mean, you know, I hope that many if you're charismatic. OK, that's fine. But I hope many of you guys will push up against this stuff because this is not the this is not the fringe stuff. This is actually like the popular mainstream stuff in charismatic circles. Um, but you, you would be nothing without him. Um, you would, you want some, as John the Baptist says, someone greater is here. Yeah. Play Westbrook. I, I got you, bro. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What, what are you, what are you talking about, yo? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> here we go. Every day gone apostle. Swear they got more keys than the janitor. <laughs> Right. Who are you, the maintenance man of theology? We want to be used in that apostolic way. We want God to have people's eyes be open to the words we're speaking. That they may hear and come to this conference and to this ministry and receive you. Receive the real Jesus and receive from the real Jesus. That they would, okay, she did mention Jesus, okay, fine, but that they receive him, this man? No, you don't need to receive any man, not in that way, not to be right with God. It's this, like I said, this is very, very sad and dangerous and idolatrous. Through you. 
Glory to God. We give ourselves, we lay down ourselves, we surrender and submit to you. We surrender ourselves, not to God, not submit to God, but to him. All I got to say is, boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way I'm doing that. <laughs> ain't no way. Ain't no way. That God would use us to serve you and to help fulfill your vision. We plant this seed at your feet, Daddy. Yes, I, I agree with Don and Rachel. They, they use Jesus as a springboard for other foolishness. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They just got to mention Jesus as a means to their heresy. Right? This is the, the platform, right? The, the diving board for their heresy. But it gets worse. It gets worse. God to have our way with us to serve you. We want the world to know you. We want you to be famous. So that the real Jesus, who is full of love and power, may be known. Notice, she wants this man to be famous so we can know the real Jesus. Well, if this is the real Jesus we want to get, no, I don't want him to become famous. Yes, absolutely. Jim Jones vibe. Absolutely. Joseph Smith vibes, right? Uh, uh, David Koresh vibes, right? I mean, hello. Yulikana. They will not know the real Jesus unless they know you. What? Wow. Wow. They will not know the real Jesus unless they know the real you. So knowing Jesus is dependent upon knowing this man. Look, I, I, I would want a, 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 you know, reformed pastor to become famous so more people can hear the word, but in no way is knowing Jesus dependent upon that. You know, it's a matter of fact, I would argue it's up to Christians go spread the gospel. It's not dependent upon one man. So Westbrook again. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What is what is she talking about? What seriously, what is she talking about? No Bible. And you know how prideful a man you got to sit up there and just be like, "Yes, yes, yes. Yes. You got to be a prideful man." If someone ever said these words to me, I would say, "Cut the mic off. Cut the mic off." And and now I'm about to go go in on I got a sermon for you. I would tell her this. If I make you feel some type of way. If you call me an apostle, you need to unfollow me. Because I'm not an apostle. Right? Not an apostle. Anyways. He's choosing to use you for the world to see him and to know him. Asante sana, Baba. We love you so much. Asante sana for being our father. We love you. Asante sana kwa kwa Baba yetu tunakupenda. And look, they're just—they're bowing down, I guess, giving this money for her, for him. Okay. 
might be a cultural thing, a little strange, but right. And so that's Catherine Crick, uh, how she became a apostle. Now, in all transparency, I did listen to a video to where she says the reason why she did that was because she was a baby Christian. You know, well, I've been a I've been a baby Christian before. Right. If you're a Christian, everyone has. You've been young in the faith. I don't think I've ever seen that amount of blasphemy from even the day one Christians. <laughs> you know, don't you remember those times where you just super zealous? You ain't know nothing about God. But even you weren't condoning this foolishness, right? Sounds yeah, sounds like a cult. So here's a question for her. Even if I accept her excuse for it, right? You became an apostle. Um why should I accept your apostleship if the foundations for how you became apostle are so problematic and blasphemous? Right? Why? I mean, think about this. Wouldn't an apostle know this is wrong? <laughs> right? Wouldn't an apostle know that this should not be done? So, again, why should I accept your apostleship? <laughs> Someone said, Catherine Crooked. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And so. Yes, it's not even close. I was in word of faith for a decade. Yeah, I was, I was in word of faith and not even I went to the extremes of this. You know, to where I was like, man, if it wasn't for this pastor, man, we would all be lost. We want this pastor to be known. Otherwise, they won't know Jesus. Right. So very problematic. Um, I also want to play this clip because I think it's just very interesting as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So speak right now. I am valuable. Say it out loud. The devil's fleeing now under your voice. I want to say something real quick because often when you hear her teach, I mean, she'll go on for hours with literally no Bible verse even mentioned. But it's because she is an apostle. You should listen to her. And, and she's going to literally say things like that later when I... uh when I get to that, but let's, let's just hear this. Say, I am valuable. I am pure. I am powerful. I am a vessel of God. Holy Spirit lives in me. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I, I ain't gonna lie, man. When she, when she speak, I kind of get scared. You know, I, I was sitting here editing this, uh, uh, video and I was a little I was a little scared I, I you know I had to tell my wife can you come in here while I do this video because I, I, I she might come through the screen I don't know it's a little scared uh, so Jesus has chosen me Jesus has chosen to use me to move through me Jesus has forgotten my past Hallelujah. I will be a powerful vessel of God. Keep speaking it. Keep repeating after me. So this is the new age cantation of repeat, repeat the positive words after me. Right. Um, re repeat <laughs> some of you guys comments for the Annabelle vibes. Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to be me, but I get wicked witch of the West energy from her. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's very, very cringe.
the, the ring vibes. Yes, totally. <laughs> like I said, I'm not trying to be mean, but that's the kind of... Anyways. I know my identity. I am the righteousness of God. I am pure. I am so lovable. I am so usable by God. God wants to use me. The demons will now tremble when they see me. Just this positive, like I said, this, someone mentioned it, the, the law of attraction, right? Mantra. Yeah, yeah, all that, right? One, I didn't, I didn't know demons trembled at our, at our name. I thought they trembled at his name. I mean, no demon. Let me, let me just be real because there's, you know, the charismatic belittles demons. They belittle Satan as if they have more power than him. You're weak. Demons ain't scared of your butt. <laughs> demons are not scared of you. I can promise you that. The only power you have is dependent upon Jesus to come to your rescue. I I do not like the, we're going to bust Satan's head up kind of theology. <laughs> Someone said, Rachel said, anybody would triple when they see you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I don't know. In, in charismatic theology, it's a very like boastful manner. Right? Very boastful when talking to demons. No. Peter talks about that attitude. Like, I believe he's speaking of the angel Gabriel. Even he did not speak boastful. What did he say? The Lord rebuke you. Not, I'm going to bust your head up, Satan. Satan, get behind me. Satan, you have no authority. N none of that. None of, none of that. But, man, charismatics love to speak very boastful. I will not Listen. Yes, yes. Uh, there, there you go. Not Gabriel. Uh, Michael. Yes. There you go, Jen. Not even Michael. The archangel rebuke Satan. That's right. That's right. To the devil's lies anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will only believe in God's truth. Hallelujah. This is powerful. What you are speaking huge things are happening in the spiritual realm as you speak these things hallelujah thank you jesus and so i thought that was interesting because that's literally a lot of her video and we're, we're going to play some more here in a second but a lot of her video is like that i mean the the facial expressions many of you noticed uh, i don't want to make a huge deal about it but it, it is a little just strange. I, okay, I'll I'll say that, and we'll we'll leave it alone. We'll move on to the the theology. Um, I, I noticed mention. Uh, I, I I remember remember I mentioned earlier about her acting. Now, I don't think she stopped acting. <laughs> I think she's still in this uh, realm of acting. Um. Oh, wow. Cheryl says, I rebuked her on live and I got blocked. Women can't be apostles and her teachings are unbiblical. You're absolutely right. But yeah, that's often what happens when you rebuke these false teachers. They block you, right? Um, yeah, Rashad, I don't need scriptures. I'm an apostle. Yes, absolutely. That's her attitude. But let's hear her argue for why women could be pastors because it's very interesting. Now, I did a video on this. And so I went through obviously more arguments, but I, I just want you to hear 
um, how she argues for for things. Because as you see, a uh, common theme is she don't use the Bible. <laughs> and then when she tries to use the Bible, oh, ultimate scripture twisting. And we're going to see explicitly from here. So let's check it out. So when people say, when people say women should not preach, they shouldn't speak about God, they shouldn't preach in the church, they shouldn't lead a church, these things, where does that come from? The reason people say this and feel so strongly about this is because of 1 Corinthians 14.34. Yeah, because the Bible says so. Now, let me actually give a little more nuance. I am not arguing, and I don't know of anyone who says that women cannot uh, preach in a sense of share the gospel. There are many good women on, on YouTube who uh, have good doctrine. Uh, they're sharing the gospel. Um, many people in the chat are preaching, right? Preaching is to declare, right? Um, so I'm not arguing that women cannot preach. Now, they can't preach from the pulpit. I would argue that they cannot pastor a church. Um, and, and I even say they cannot preach in a pulpit when exercising that authority over men. Now, if it's all women, I'm all for it, right? If it's children, I'm all for it, right? Um, so I just want to make that distinction because she uses them. She uses the word preach, pastor, uh, teach interchangeably, which there could be nuance between that, right? Cheryl says they can evangelize. Absolutely. So I, I am not restricting women I'm only saying the role of a pastor can only be male, according to the Bible. According to the Bible, according to the passage she's about to read, according to First First Timothy, uh, chapter two, only only male. Um, and and to be fair, not every male, right? Not every male is qualified to even pastor. So, if this is restrictive, then she would have to be say it's also restrictive that I believe, um. Only certain kinds of men can be pastors. But we'll save that here for a second. Let's hear her argument. Where Apostle Paul says, let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. Now, Oh, and by the way, we got like 70 plus watching, only 25 likes. Get those likes up, right? If I was an apostle, y'all would do it. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> but yeah, get the likes up. Let's, let's hear it. First of all, before I explain what he means about that, why he said that, I want you to also hear this passage also in 1 Corinthians. This is Paul speaking again. 1 Corinthians 11.5. But every woman who prays or prophesies, and it goes on to say, and it's talking in that day with her head uncovered, dishonors her head. Now, this we can clearly see what, that doesn't apply to us today, obviously. So when you're reading scripture, in terms of the head uncovered, when you're reading scripture, you have to understand that this was spoken at a certain time, not in the year 2021. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> of course it wasn't in 2021. Um, someone gave me a thumbs out. <laughs> what? Come on, that's cold. <laughs> Fine, I'm not an apostle. I take it back. Um, yeah, it's obvious it was, it wasn't spoken in 2021 or 2022 for that matter. No verse of the Bible was written, written then. So if you use her argument, you shouldn't follow no verse in the Bible because it wasn't written today. Right? 
Okay, let's hear. And and to try to say, well, uh, okay, well, head coverings was a cultural thing, so therefore, women pastors. I'm I'm going to show you why it's not even similar. I'm going to show you how it's not even the same thing. Now I know there are people who are pro head covering. Okay, you know, hopefully don't turn this video into that if you disagree here. But but yeah, let's let's listen to her argument. And you have to understand that Apostle Paul and others who who speak in the Bible are sharing with a church specifically a prophetic direction many times of what is going on at that time. Similarly to the days of coronavirus, right? The days of coronavirus. There needs to, there, there needs to be anointed ministers, prophetic ministers who can speak. This is what God is saying today. So now, how do you walk away from what she just said and, and don't come to the conclusion that what she's saying is on par with scripture? How, how do you not come to that conclusion? Because look, notice what she said. You know, I, I kept the coronavirus thing in there because one, we saw how many people, how many of these apostles were wrong. Right. Um, notice what she said. All what the apostle Paul was doing was speaking culturally at that time, like today. With coronavirus. Westbrook, hit him with the Westbrook. St. Westbrook. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Your words of today are not on par with scripture. Guess what scripture is? The more sure word. Guess what your words are? The more unsure words. <laughs> no one walks away with more clarity about God listening to you than reading their Bible. That's why I've always said, hey, if you want to know who God is, you want to know what he's like? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. And only listen to men who point you to the Bible when explaining these things. Right? I don't I don't need this, this new word, this what do they call this fresh anointing. The old one's just fine for me. The old one has been good for the saints of Jesus Christ for the last two thousand years until you came along. You don't have nothing better. We like I said, you know. God's word is like, you know, the, the pastor should be the annoying DJ, right? Yeah, I know you want that new hit, but I only play one song and it's called Bible. I got one track and we repeat it over and over. You know, I got the same song, maybe a different beat sometime, but it's the same words, God's words. I don't need, I don't need something new. Yeah, I don't need these spiritual TED Talks. Give me, give me God's talks, right? Give me, give me what God has said. Give us some men who know the truth to quote Steve Lawson. I need to add that to my sound deck, right? <laughs> I, I want God's word, not your words. And I want that more sure word. Sorry. Sorry for the, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know who knew about coronavirus? God did. God did. Not y'all, right? y'all have given so many false prophecies about coronavirus. I guarantee if I listen to your words about, about um, you know, coronavirus, we would find a, a lot of problematic things. And you know what these guys always do? They always, this man, I, I noticed this very early in my walk. You know, I didn't have nobody. Someone said, I am super lovable and cuddly. Crick 316. <laughs> I noticed this very early in my walk. No one pointed me this out, pointed this out to me, but I noticed this very early. What these apostles would do with these prophecies, 
Notice they're very vague oftentimes. Because the more specific they get, they, they're wrong. Remember, remember Marcus Rogers <laughs> saying Trump was going to win? <laughs> Notice he, he had a 50-50 shot of being right, you know, and he was wrong. But they're all vague. Let, let me give an example of vague prophecies that you will hear from these guys. They'll, you know, they'll walk, to a, walk up to a woman. They'll, they'll prophesy of a woman. They'll try to, you know, say something of her past, you know. My daughter in the faith. You've been abused by a man before, right? And God's telling me he wants you to submit to him and he will bring you a husband. It's like very vague because think about it. Think, now, for some people, they're like, wow, he's a, he, he, how did he know that? But think about it. What woman hasn't been abused by some man? Now, notice the, even that was vague. Abused what way? Physically, verbally, emotionally? They didn't tell you, right? Because most women have been abused verbally physically or emotionally by some male it's just it's just a fact you know and then yes god wants you to submit to his word well yeah they they didn't need you to tell them that <laughs> came up with the apostle voice man i could be i could be stealing people money man y'all lucky i'm regenerate <laughs> but but yeah it's very vague right yeah some the spirit of the lord tells me you've been hurt in the past well i didn't need you to tell me i didn't need to pay 9.99 for that <laughs> Right. I could have I could have looked in the mirror and see this bruise in my left, my left eye to, to know that. Right. <laughs> and so it's all very vague. Most of the times. And so let's yeah, let's continue listening to her arguing for women pastors. Anyways, here we go back to First Corinthians eleven five. So when that day I'll listen to her, are you know what? Here's what I want you to do. Pull up First Corinthians 14, uh, 33, and we're going to also, uh, we're going to see, does it say what she says, right? Let's, let's listen. According to that culture, this is what he was, he was speaking this prophetic direction, but he says every woman who prays or prophesies. So he's saying in the scripture that women were able to prophesy, that they should prophesy. That means speak in the church. You don't prophesy without speaking in the church. That's what prophesying means. She doesn't get the argument. She doesn't get the argument. No one's saying you can't literally speak. It's, it's, a, it's an issue of authority. It's an issue of in the sense of pastor. But let's continue. So he's saying when women praise or prophesies. So he's already contradicting what he said in 1 Corinthians 14.34. That what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, boy ain't no way she just said that the Apostle Paul just contradicted himself. Ain't no way. Ain't, ain't no way. You know what? Here's, here, let me give you a, a hermeneutical principle, a principle that will, you know, grow you very much in your faith. You ready? You ready? Anybody who says that the Bible contradicts itself, that the Paul, Peter, James, Jesus, any any biblical character contradicted themselves, stay away from them. <laughs> very simple hermeneutic. Stay away from them. But already have people say, well, let's. Let's uh, not jump to conclusions in 1 Corinthians 14.34 about let your woman keep silent in the churches for they're not permitted to speak. What, why he spoke this scripture right here, this one right here, 
women should keep silent. They're not permitted to speak. Why did he preach that? Yeah, let's let's hear why Catherine Crick believes that the Apostle Paul said this. Because she's going to clearly deny the verse above it. <laughs> this is why exegetical preaching is very, why I believe it's preferred and safer. Because it gets, it, one, it gets pastors to deal with more than their one uh, pet topic, right? Right, if prosperity preachers had to preach the whole Bible, it would literally, people would be like, they're contradicting themselves every week. And it would expose people to more than one passage, right? Someone said they wanted the, the bruh. Hey, man, you, you ask, you shall receive here on this podcast, right? You, you, all, all you got to do is ask. Bruh. All, all you got to do is ask. I would like to see you debate her. Good luck, because she, she will not put her position, herself in a position of being challenged. I can guarantee that. <laughs> so I so said, uh, why, did, why, why did God tell women to be silent in the church? <laughs> because of women like her. <laughs> you know, yeah. Go, go ahead. All right, let's hear her reasoning. When you look at scripture, you need to look at the time the time period and you need to look at the context what was going on at that time okay but also look at the context of the passage not just the historical precedent but the context of because if you look at the 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 passage you know what i'm gonna save that let's let's listen let's listen and when you look at the context of what was going on there specifically at that church of corinth was that the the women, the women in the church were being loud and disruptive and distracting during church. So because the women were being loud and disruptive and distracting, that's just what they were doing at that time. That, that's just what was happening. Now, because they were being that way, this obviously was making it so God's word was not being able to go forth because there was so, so much distraction. The work of God, it was, it was messing with the work of God. So in this specific moment, because of what was going on, Apostle Paul used wisdom what? for this moment in time Bro, and spoke a prophetic about, direction. Okay, women, you guys need to keep silent in the churches. Ask your husbands at home. Because they were being disruptive in the church. Apostle Paul was not saying that for all women. He was just speaking that for these women at that time because of what they were doing. So you guys know how I I tell you on this podcast, I want you to think about it. Think about it. Does it make sense for the Apostle Paul just to say, hey, these particular women in the church are being loud. Right. I've, I've constantly heard this argument right from other uh, other people who believe you can be women for women can be pastors. Right. That the women were just loud. And so Paul's just saying for these women that they should be quiet. Well, let's look at the text, because one, it contradicts First Timothy, two, as someone uh, quoted. But l- let me show you from the context how. Uh, it actually contradicts what she just said. Because notice what she said. It's only for this church, right? Can I get a one in the chat if she said only for this church? Right. 
It's only for these particular women in this church that Paul's correcting. I just want to make sure that I'm not misrepresenting her. Right? Um, I, I just want to make sure we're on the same page when we say this. You know? Because, yes, Paul elsewhere grounds this in creation, right? Renewed Minds Ministry has 1 Timothy 2, 12 through 13. Um, that Paul grounds it in creation from Adam and Eve. Not just, you know, women being allowed in the church, not based on the behavior. So I got a couple people having ones. Okay, she did say that. Yep. Um, she said, hey, it's only for this time, only for the this Corinthian church. Yep. Okay, so I, I I am hearing her correctly. You guys know one thing I do like to do is grace and peace. Jenna, hope you're doing well. Grace and peace. We'll have to get with y'all again soon. <laughs> um, so one thing I like to do is accurately represent people because I believe when you accurately represent people, you can actually respond better to the argument. So she says, hey, it's only for these women in this church, not not to all churches, right? Not to every church. Let's read what the Bible says. I love when people just share their opinion because you can go to the Bible. No, let's let's start at verse 33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And I say, amen. God is not a God of confusion. Right. Matter of fact, let's let's go above. Let's go above. You know, let's you know, I like context. Um, Verse 29. Sorry, verse 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. For if a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets for a God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the church, all the churches of the saints. <laughs> Notice what he says. This is in all the churches. In all, as in all the churches of the saints, the women should kept silent in the churches. So does it sound like Paul grounds his authority in just one singular church? Don't let the the verse right here act like it's a it's a separation of the thought right here. This is a continual thought. Right? Uh don't touch God in the morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? As in all the, so she said this was only in one church. This was one church. Paul says, in all the churches of the saints, the women should kept silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. As the law also says, if there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Notice it's, it's, it's uh, not just in this church, but in the church, right? Now, clear contradiction of what she says and what the Bible says, right? Very clear contradiction there. So hopefully that was helpful. And that's even before we go to 2 Timothy 2, right? <laughs> um, oh, hey, uh, yeah, we're actually about to, I'm going to play that, Cheryl. You still in my thunder. <laughs> I'm going to play that next. But yeah, 2 Timothy 2 is very clear because Paul grounds his argument in creation, not the context of what's going on in the Corinthian church. Uh, like I said, I did do a video on that. If you want to just hear more of what I think about women pastors, feel free to watch that video. But yes, 
I want to get to this issue of demon casting out. And we're going to get to also of casting out demons out of Christians, which I do not think is a biblical. I don't believe biblically you can demonstrate that. But um, <laughs> in this video, Catherine <laughs> tries to cast out a demon and it took a while and she's pretty much she's going to ask for more money. Right. And so where do the apostles where 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 do the apostles uh you know charge people for demon casting outs right can you imagine jesus like casting out demons and like that's gonna cost you that's gonna cost you about 10 denarii you know like <laughs> but let me i'll just say that to this boy ain't no way boy ain't no way boy ain't no way boy ain't no way let's get into it Let's let's get into this. Now. Let me, let me uh, respond to this question. It says, well, at Acts 18.26 constitute a woman teaching a man. I'm pretty sure that's the, uh, what, uh, Priscilla and Quilla text. Let's, uh, let's go there. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, that's figure that was it no that that would not uh like i said i have no teaching a man is no issue i can get corrected by a a woman no problem i mean my wife often corrects me right no shade at my wife i need that correction the issue is can a woman pastor over men but i don't believe that would be accurate so yeah so the, uh, her a lot of her um demon casting out <laughs> What in the Simon the Sorcerer is going on here? <laughs> Honestly, I was going to mention it earlier. I forgot to, but uh, she reminds me of Simon the Sorcerer, the female version. What's 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 a female version? <laughs> Simeona the Sorcerer, right? But a lot of her casting out of demons are from children, and when you actually read like the the uh, no problem, Matthew. Uh, if you because they, they often read off like the demon oppression. Right. And often I think you guys just need to discipline your child because they're bad. That's what often it sounds like. But let's hear what she has to say. Now. I'm sorry. This just looks staged. It looks fake. I mean, he's just kind of like, I don't know, just. I, I am under the impression if there was literally a demon in someone, you would know it, right? I mean, a real demon, not just influenced by demons, because I believe, ultimately, if you're an unbeliever, you're under the slavery of Satan, right? You're under the slavery of demons. But I mean, true demonic oppression and dwelt by a demon, you would know it. Yeah, yeah, someone's saying, he's smiling. Yes. <laughs> Come on now. Look at this. And I don't know why, but in all their videos, it's like they're coughing. What? I mean, get give this man some ivermectin. Like all these demons are sick. It's like, you know, yeah. This is a baby kid. Yeah, it's a baby kid, right? I I got something for this demon. It's called a belt. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 
God is going to free him completely. There are different keys to receive complete freedom. And what happens is the more that we entangle ourselves with, with witchcraft and psychics and things like that, it's like a more complex deliverance. So sometimes it's not just about the commanding the demons, but there's other keys that need to be unlocked. And one of them is to sow seeds. Did you pay money to the psychic? Yes. Yes. How much? There's hundreds. And so, okay, I, I want to explain what's going on here. So Catherine Creek is talking about, you know, well, the reason why this is happening is because there's some kind of demonic influence in some doorway, um, you know, that's being accessed. So she's asking her, the woman, I guess, admits to going and seeing psychics and all this. And Catherine asks, well, how much money are you paying that psychic? That's going to be key. Listen to this. Ongoing for years because I didn't know, but I've been following for six years now. So it's ongoing for years. So in the spiritual realm, there's laws. I've been, I've been sewing. So she says, hey, uh, in the spirit, there's spiritual laws, right? Okay, well, let's hear. Of everything that comes through my hands for the last two years. Ten percent. So this woman saying, hey, for the, but for the last two years, I've been sewing. I've been giving my money, right? And Catherine Chris going to she responds, "Well, that's only ten percent." Let's let's go back a little. For the last two years, ten percent. God's saying more, okay? Because ten percent is was what's what what's God? So she's saying, "Hey, you got to give more than ten percent, honey, if you want this blessing, right?" The 10% is God's. And, and I never I never got that from tithing. I never got that, like, how that made any sense. God only owns 10%. I thought he owned everything. But that's another uh, topic for another day. Um, so she's noticed the manipulation. And, and you know what the crazy thing? I just thought of this. The demon's apparently calm during this interaction with the mother and the the mother and the uh, Catherine about money. <laughs> the demon's like, I got to see how this is going to go. I might get cast out if she gives more than 10%. I got to hear what's going on. That'll make, like... And then they interview the demon, like Channel 5 News. How do you feel about this, demon? I want her life. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Just think about this stuff. So now we need to sow specifically for his deliverance and speak this is for his deliverance and and a good amount. If there's a good amount given to psychics, it needs to be a good amount. So she's saying, hey, if you've been giving a good amount to psychics, you need to give a good amount, you know, for deliverance. Wow. Paying for the blessing. Paying for the blessing. That's the key that needs to unlock his complete freedom. And it needs to the key to unlock this man's freedom is the dough, is the money, is the cheddar, the cheese, you know, the guap, the, the ching. Where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? What his power is. Like Bible Church, for example, you can sow here. So she's like, you need to get to a powerful church, like our church, for example. Yeah. Uh, uh. Shameless plug right there, right? Give them our church. And that demon will be gone. I can guarantee. Wow. It doesn't have to be here. Just where the power of God is. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, I release this anointing to you to walk in the power of God. And I declare with your seed every key to be unlocked and complete deliverance to him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. He will be free completely, I declare in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We have to be humble to receive these keys from God and to understand that the devil's not messing around. So we can't mess around with the spiritual principles in the kingdom of God. Amen? Enough. Enough. I, I, I guess other people are catching demons. Like, watch this girl in the purple. Y'all see her? What, hold on. Watch when I go back. Watch her shaking. To be humble to receive these keys from God and to understand that the devil's not messing around. So we can't mess around with the spiritual principles. You know what? Here's the real thing. I don't deny that there are demonic <laughs> people who are indwelt with the demons at the event. I don't. I don't deny it. You know, I went to a uh, Marcus Rogers event, and I do believe I experienced people having demons walking around there, shaking, twitching. I I I genuinely believe that I did. Now. None of these people got their demons cast out, so they, wouldn't it be dangerous to be uh, driving home like that? But that's another time, topic. Um, <laughs> don't drive home demon-possessed, please. <laughs> I'm trying to make it home. Um, let me know before I get in the car with you. You got a demon. Anyways. In the kingdom of God, amen? Enough. Enough. Allow her to speak now. Thank you, Jesus. Allow her to speak now. Hey, that low key, that would be me and this girl right here. I would be tearing up too. I feel your pain. <laughs> this is like, this is torture for these little kids, man. He's free. Threw up a bunch. Not just vile, but he was like, throw up. And then he started smiling and crying. So 20 minutes after the supposed, um, you know, money for the deliverance, he gets healed conveniently, right? He gets, he throws up apparently and, um, he gets healed. Who knew? Who knew? Um, let me say this about, um, <laughs> driving under demonic influence, <laughs> That's hilarious. What are you in jail for? D-I-D-U. <laughs> um, let me say this. The charismatic movement has literally destroyed, or not destroyed, I don't want to say that, um, seriously affected in a negative way uh, the topic of demon demonology. Um, yes, demons exist. Yes, they oppress. You know, I, I am not charismatic in that sense, but I do believe in, in demons. Like right? We have a world, the flesh, and the devil out there. But here's the problem with, uh, and we're going to get to it here. i got another video going to play. Guys, might be here two hours. So hope you hope you got another uh, Waterloo. I'm, I'm fresh out, but hope you got something. Um, the charismatic movement calls everything a demon, right? Everything's a demon, right? Um, you got a demon of technology flowing around there, right? You got the demon of, of lust, the demon of, of, of lying. The demon of everything, right? Why I think that's actually not helpful. One, the Bible doesn't kind of insinuate there is the demon for every sin. 
but it, it actually places responsibility not on yourself. It places responsibility on the devil who made you do it, right? It's it's the devil, right? So no, there's no demon of, of all these sins running around. The problem is your flesh. The problem is you desire to do these things. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> you need to repent of your sins and trust in Christ. Not get the demon out of you who's making you do it. But let's get into this video because she's going to talk about, about this demonology. So let's let's uh, sit back in the saddle and let's talk about this. This religious spirit comes and brings these these lies about deliverance, demonizing deliverance, or this spirit of religion can... Let me, oh, let me respond to that because deliverance is used quite often in the Bible. It's actually the word for salvation, oftentimes in the context soteros, right, from the Greek. Very rarely is it used, maybe, you know, and this is me being generous, three to four times in the Bible of some physical uh, act, and it's, you know, specifically in the New Testament. It's often referred to someone being saved, right? Delivered from their sins. And so they made, at best, if even if I grant them their usage, they made a very minor teaching in the Bible, a major one. So be careful when someone someone does something like that. And so, so yeah. Um, attack something that's being done in deliverance and bring confusion to people. Let me give you one example. Like, many people don't believe that Christians can have demons. So much, so much deliverance happening. So many people being set free. Let me, let me respond to that. I do not believe it's possible for a demon to be indwelt inside the temple where the Spirit of God dwells as well, simultaneously. If you catch a demon, <laughs> I mean, you can guarantee you're not saved. Right, you want more evidence that you're not a Christian? <laughs> the demon got in you. How, that, how does that even work? Is the spirit of God in you wrestling along with the demon? Y'all, y'all, they just going back, and the demon apparently won and got troll over the spirit of God. See, when you when you put this teaching teaching back in its face, you see how blasphemous it sounds. You let me, you know what? Let me encourage you as a Christian. Let me encourage you. Let me, hold on, let me, let me take her wicked smile down. <laughs> let me encourage you as a Christian. If you have the spirit of God, be confident. You have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. The spirit of God dwells in you. Resist the devil. Absolutely. But no devil can torment you and, and get inside you and make you do things that you don't want to do. Right. You have the spirit of God. Right. Be, be, be encouraged in that. That's right. A divided house. Right. <laughs> Talk about a divided house. Yeah. Romans seven. Paul didn't attribute his sin to being demon possessed. He said, it's my flesh. That's right. That's right. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Bane, you bring up a good text. Matthew 12 talks about this. Right. How can <clears throat> where is it? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he must plunder this house. Jesus is actually talking about the uh, in the context of about casting demons out. You cannot. The spirit must, you know, clean you before he indwells you. Right. You can't be a demon inside and the spirit is living in you. And, and vice versa, this, this a demon cannot enter you if the spirit of God is there. 
So it, it doesn't make sense according to what Jesus taught. There is no Christian who got a demon in the Bible. Now they want to use the Peter text. That text isn't saying that Peter had a demon when Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. He was acting in accordance with Satan's will and not God's will. But notice Jesus doesn't cast the demon out of him. That's the only text they have. And it's not even a good text. But let's continue. I mean, this is amazing what God is doing. There's testimonies. People are testifying. I was set free. I I had addictions for 22 years and I no longer. And let me say this. Having an addiction is not a demon. <clears throat> let me encourage you. Let me give more encouragement for a Christian. Maybe you're struggling with sin in a specific area. What you don't need is a demon cast out you for a prophet or fake apostle. What you need is sanctification. Right. You need the spirit of God to conform you more into Christ's image. And you know what I'm encouraged with? Biblically, he will do it. He will do it. So no, you don't, it's, it's, it's not every sin is a demon causing you to do it. It's, you need more of this. And guess what? Every Christian can testify to the fact they still stand, sin. It's not something we, we are joyful about, but the, the, the antithesis, antithesis shouldn't be, well, a demon, I got a demon. No. You just need to be sanctified more in that area. And the spirit will make it happen. I have any addictions. I had ang uncontrollable anger for 22 years and now I don't because I was set free. Demons were cast out. And I was a Christian before even. And even I went to my other. How are you Christian with uncontrollable anger? I, I understand anger, right? You know, if you're a human, right? You, you know, you, you, you get angered, but uncontrollable anger? That sounds like something, something of the world. But anyways, pastor, and he couldn't help. He said, go to rehab, but now I'm free. So you have that testimony. So even though there's that, the devil will come and try to plant wrong, bad seeds saying, but Christians can't have demons. That's not a bad seed. That's a biblical seed. That's truth. That's truth. Um, but notice she's saying, if you believe, <clears throat> it's almost like she's saying, if you don't believe this, you're under the influence of Satan's demonic teaching, right? So, so if you don't believe demons can't possess uh, Christians, it's like Satan is actually deceiving you. Interesting. Other Christians like believing this so strongly. And so now we're, we're distracted. We're, for, we're forgetting about these wonders that God is doing. And now we become like Pharisees, like saying, but it says you can't heal on the Sabbath. Taking the word of God and not being humble and childlike. Oh, we're going to get to this humble childlike. But she's saying, hey, if you go to the Bible, to, you're like a Pharisee. Well, they were using the Bible wrongly. But if you go to the Bible, <laughs> that's the issue. It seems like she's saying that's the issue. Right. After all, she's an apostle and we should listen to her about the word of God. When God says you have to be humble and childlike, when he says only the only only the people who are like the children will enter the kingdom of God. He's talking about he's talking about when you read scripture. This is one of the ways when you read the scripture, you have to be childlike and humble. No, he was not talking about that. Now, obviously, you should be humble when reading the Bible verse, but that was not the hermeneutic on how to know who's right, who appears more humble, right? 
technically, to be technical, you could be very anger or very arrogant and still be right about what you're talking about. Biblically speaking, um, now we shouldn't condone the arrogance, right? But Jesus was not, go read that passage. Jesus was not talking about a hermeneutical principle on, um, you know, how to know someone's right, if they're arrogant or humble. Um, nor was he saying that's, the, again, he wasn't even talking about your attitude towards scripture in that context. But an apostle would know that. <laughs> if you are not walking exactly how Apostle Paul did, for example, if you are not having all the signs that it says a true believer has, like casting out demons and speaking new tongues and he laying the hands on the sick and they're healed. If you're not seeing those in your life, that is an indication that there is much more revelation for you to learn from the word of God. Um, let, let me address two things. <clears throat> One, uh, not having cast out a demon, not speaking in tongues, not healing and doing all these things does not mean you don't have fruit of the spirit. Matter of fact, that's never mentioned in Galatians chapter five. I wonder why. If this is such an emphasis of what it means to be a Christian, why doesn't why doesn't any of uh, when speaking of fruit or sanctification mention those things? Right. Very interesting. Um, she says something else. Hold on. Let me go back to I wanted to respond to. That there is much. Oh, more yes. I, I remember her point. Also, she uses the word revelation wrong. She uses the word revelation wrong. Let me, what do I, what do I, what do I mean by that? Well, what is revelation? Revelation essentially is the revealing of something new. What she often means is illumination. But an apostle would know that, right? <laughs> illumination is the re revealing of something that's already been revealed you just are now made aware of it, right? Um, it's not a revelation that the Honda Ford, or sorry, <laughs> that a that a Ford car exists. That's not a revelation. Now, if you didn't know that, that's illumination, not revelation. You know, so there's a, there's a difference in between the two. No one is receiving revelation today. What we're receiving is illumination, right? When it comes to God's word. God is revealing to you something that was already there. You just didn't know about, but he had already revealed it. So that distinction needs to be made, but she constantly uh, conflates the two, right? She constantly conflates the two. Revelation for you to learn from the word of God. There's the word of God, but we need this, the, the Holy Spirit to bring us true revelation upon the word of God. Again, that's illumination, not revelation. But she doesn't study the Bible, right? So she doesn't know that. Like, for example, if you, if you read the Bible with, without the revelation of God's heart and God's love and you see him as judging, you see him in the wrong lens, that's you reading the scripture with the wrong revelation, with not the true revelation of the Holy Spirit. Well, God does judge. And... God doesn't have to condemn you. You know why? Because you're already condemned if you're not a Christian. So she she really doesn't, and she's going to mention it here, and I've listened to enough of her teachings to know this. Um, <laughs> said I wish he blinks once in a while. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Uh, she really does not this. She does not like the attitude. She does not like things that bring guilt and condemnation. Well, stop sitting. I mean, like, if I don't know what to tell you. If someone doesn't want guilt and condemnation in their life, you know, you know, they don't want. And I, and what she means by guilt and condemnation is somebody correcting her. Um, you know, not. It's not because she describes. Uh, she described in this video. I, I took it out. But she described guilt and condemnation as she wasn't reading her Bible and she was feeling guilty about it. Well, that probably will happen as a Christian if you aren't reading your Bible. I know when I don't read my Bible, you know, I'm not essentially when you're not doing the things that God desires, you should feel guilty. And that's a good thing. You know why it's a good thing? It means the spirit of God is actually working in your life. If you're feeling no guilt over these things, I'm, I will have some further questions for you. Right. I will have a little further questions for you but let's continue so when you then tell people about God with that with that letter with that wrong revelation illumination you're not bringing them life you're not leading them to the true heart of Jesus so she's saying anything that makes people feel guilty condemned uh, feeling like they're judged um, then you're doing it wrong <laughs> um how about they're convicted maybe possibly hopefully and we don't cater our theology to what the world thinks is good we go by what the bible says you know that thing you call pharisaical you're bringing death to them you're bringing condemnation you're bringing guilt you're you're saying this is who jesus is he's condemning and judging this is who jesus is that, that's not bringing life that's bringing death it's Jesus condemning and not. Jesus is your judge. Jesus is your judge. Yes, he will judge you one day. If you're not in Christ, you're you're judged in some sense already. Um. So this is how the enemy works today through the religious spirit. And this is what attacks the work of God, the true work of God, the power of God the most is it goes and attacks Christians and it says, look, this is a false prophet or false apostle or this is of the devil because. Oh, oh hold on. This scripture, look. So notice what she said. Like the religious spirit is working in people who call people false prophets, false apostles because of this Bible verse. Right. <laughs> so we can't we can't judge according to the Bible to the Bible. Tony, you keep spamming. You did not email email me. I didn't see it, so send it again. All right, there we go. Um, so we shouldn't judge people based on what the Bible says. And she has done. T she, she doesn't like the idea of. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing right now because of her. Her <laughs> just the pause I have on. Sorry. Yes, yes. She must watch Marcus Rogers. She she might got her apostleship through Marcus Rogers somehow. It's probably connected. But um, yeah, she does not like the attitude of calling people uh crit uh. False prophets, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't call people false apostles, even though you got people in the Bible doing it. I mean, but that's being pharisaical if you do what the Bible says. So it's very confusing. Very confusing of uh, her theology. Oh, well, not confusing, but contradicting. How about that? Um, yeah, and she doesn't like this idea of of judging people, right? Like if So pretty much she, she has this theology of you don't need to be crit critical of what she's saying. You just need to be childlike and accept it. I mean, I can, I, that is the most 
false prophetess thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Wouldn't Satan want you just to accept everything he's saying? Right? Just be childlike and accept it. I'm an apostle. That's the most Joseph Smith thing I've ever heard. That's how it works. So you have to be aware of this. Now, we have to be humble and childlike when it comes to the word of God, meaning that there's there's a revelation maybe we haven't gotten yet. If you're not seeing the true signs of a believer in your life, you should be very, very, very humble and know there's a lot of revelation I don't have yet in the word of God. Otherwise, I would be seeing this happen in my life. Amen? <laughs> it's so overdramatic. I... Yeah, you know, it's, it's so dramatic. But what she's trying to argue for now, man, the facial expression, sorry. What she's trying to argue for now is that if people don't cast out demons, uh, you know, um, you know, heal people, uh, speak in tongues, then you really should, ultimately what she's saying is you should really shut up and just be humble. You Right now, you just need to listen because you don't know anything. You're just not mature, right? You, you You're just a baby. Right. If you don't do those things. Yeah, I know you got all that Bible, but you don't got the the greater things. Right. <laughs> OK, we'll, we'll 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 dive more into that here because she's going to mention it again. So many times you'll see people attacking the real work of God and they're not having the true signs that follows a believer, as it says in the word of God. But I thought quoting the word of God was pharisaical. Interesting how that, uh, how when something works for you, you want to quote the Bible or when you think it works for you. But then when it doesn't, you want to tell people they're being uh, arrogant and pharisaical. Very interesting. And let me say this. You don't need to be doing these mighty works of God to be right when what the Bible teaches. This is actually very arrogant to say, look, because I'm doing something you're not doing, then you're wrong. <laughs> right. Dago. I like this cover. Bitch Dago. Bitch can't do it like me for it. <laughs> right. That is what she's saying. You, you don't do what I do. This is how I know I'm right. And you need to be humble. That's actually very prideful. Very prideful thing to say. Uh, that should be a real indicator to you um, that that's the way an enemy is working to try to bring you away from the work of God. So it's so important that you come with this humble heart and don't allow um, other believers to bring scripture and be like, this is wrong because look at this scripture. Right? Notice what she said. Don't allow other believers to pretty much quote scripture to tell you what's right or wrong. Wow. Talk about a false prophetess. Away, if you yourself aren't seeing the signs of a belief, like the power of God operating in your life. So this is her argument here. If you don't see what like the sign gifts that she's saying is essential to be a Christian, um, don't listen to them. Like, wow. Um, don't listen to that person, which is very a, a terrible hermeneutic because that hermeneutic is not presented in the Bible. Well, you know, someone is right if they cast the you know, d devil out of you. Peter cast devils out of people and he was wrong. He needed to be corrected, according to God's word. Very interesting. You 
didn't see that example. Life, like it says in the Bible, looking like the Acts church, you should. Cricks makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel her discomfort. <laughs> Imagine me editing these videos. I was, I'm not gonna lie, I don't get intimidated often, but she's one that, uh, she scares me. I'm serious. Uh, I'm a little, a little intimidated with her. Someone says, do a breakdown on Matthew Stevenson. Hey man, send me, send me something. I'll, I'll be more than happy. Immediately be humble and be like, well, I, there's a lot that God needs to teach me. So <laughs> I'm going to empty myself and, and learn from true anointed vessels of God who have these signs, who have the fruit. I.E. her, right? Listen to me because I know better. This is super arrogant. The Bible says that you will know them by their fruits. And when we examine what the fruit is of the Bible, Galatians 5, it never mentions casting out demons and all the things you're elevating above that. How about truth? Is, is truth a marker of uh, the fruit that you're bringing? Because this is all lies. If there's someone who's coming on and bringing judgment and accusation and they don't have even like testimonies of their own ministry of people of these kinds of testimonies. Ah, this is good. This is a good, uh, good point. She wants to act church, but there are no female apostles in Acts. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm not gonna lie. I pause it right here. She low key giving me Britney, Britney Spears toxic vibes right here. So <laughs> people coming close to Jesus, of people being healed, being set free of demons. That's really an indicator. Maybe you shouldn't be quick to take their advice. Maybe so if they're not casting demons out of people, that's an indicator. You shouldn't take their advice, even though you haven't proven that from the Bible. But we'll go ahead. The enemy might be using them to bring you away from where God is moving and where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. I feel God's heart so much today. You know what? Here, let me make my own subjective standard. Anybody who just drinks regular water and not Waterloo is a clue indicator. You should not listen to them. Hold on a second. Spirit of God moving. So, yeah, let's continue with this video. <laughs> and I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> I'm joking. To release this this wisdom to you because so many of you have not faced the spiritual warfare you're about to or that you already have begun. So... The one misconception is that Christians cannot have demons. You can look at all the videos I've posted. These are Christians who have demons. They are testifying about it. And the real reason that this is possible is that the way that demons have access has to do with the doors that we open. And so, so let me address this. So she says, well, hey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played that earlier. Super cringy. <laughs> Super cringy. Um, she's like, well, all these Christians are getting set free from demons. That's how we know it's right. Well, they may profess to be Christian, um, but that's not how you determine if something is biblical or not. You go to the Bible. That's why it's biblical and not experiential for the truth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very interesting. The doors that we oh and where does the bible talk about demons get access through doorways where let me get a little bible chapter verse context for that bcvc right shout out to my man echoes but 
Nowhere does the Bible talk about that. So, and it's very new agey, paganistic talk. Open for the enemy to come in and to have access. And that is done intentionally. Sometimes we intentionally go into darkness in the world. We intentionally do the things of the world. We intentionally, for example, go to a psychic or participate in witchcraft. Those are big doors to... Christians are doing that? <laughs> Christians are going to psychics? Uh, no, absolutely not. Open up because this is real demonic power that you are opening yourself up for. That's a really big way that demons come, a really big door that's open. So, some, so many times we're intentionally opening up doors. You can be a Christian, but you're intentionally opening up the doors. You're lukewarm. You're not surrendered to Jesus. So it's not like you're instantly protected. You have to choose to follow God's ways, God's instructions. So we're not instantly protected. I mean, wow. The Spirit of God isn't really protecting us. It's kind of dependent on you I, I, let me say this man my christian life would be ruined if it was dependent upon me um very sad very sad his word he oh yes 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 uh, let me she wants to, us to believe the fake actor she hired to pretend to be possessed on her website is proof okay yeah yeah and some, there was a channel that demonstrated that a lot of these people who are going to these deliverance ministries are the same people like i said i'll let you look those up and um draw those conclusions for yourself i just thought that was interesting gives you the principles and instructions in how to keep the doors shut so demons cannot come in nobody it's not once you get once you say i believe in jesus and holy spirit comes in you it's not like you are protected from demons you have to walk with god and follow his principles and instructions so, so no, notice this uh Unless you're being obedient, I guess God will allow a demon to come come and dwell you simultaneously with the spirit. Like I said, that makes sense, but we're not protected. <laughs> Can you? That's 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 terrible. You're telling people we're not protected against the enemies. Let me let me tell you this: if we're not protected, we will be over overwhelmed because humans are not more powerful than demons and Satan himself. Oh, that no M matter of fact. Isn't the very thing that the very thing Jesus told Peter, Satan wanted to sniff him like wheat, but Jesus prayed for him. <laughs> she just denied that Jesus is praying for us. He's protecting us. Door will be open. If that was the case that you just say, I give my life to Jesus and boom, boom, protected. You don't have to do anything else. You can be lukewarm. Then we would see that every single Christian on this earth has no anxiety, no depression, no OCD, no. Here's the here's the difference. Just because you have a struggles in those areas, sin, anxiety, depression, does not mean you have a demon. It means you need to be sanctified. So. That's not the same. That that doesn't prove your case. It proves you don't know what you're talking about. No offense to Captain Creek, but she doesn't know the Bible that well. Absolutely, sister. My temple belongs to the Holy Spirit. No, de no demon can reside in my temple. It's already occupied. Absolutely. For example, I live in my house. Nobody is cold. Absolutely. That's right. You ain't kicking the Spirit of God out. 
you don't have that you don't have that you know luxury in you to do that spirit of infirmity no addiction nothing so the evidence is there it's just that many eyes aren't opened up that these issues that's not evidence for your position because it's not from the bible notice she 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 how does she prove that christians can get demons well i've casted demons out of christians that's we got to go to the bible show your humility and go to the bible for not experience sorry every time i pause she has some kind of cringy face yeah that is pagani teaching yeah i think he spelled it right yeah exactly all those guys pagani uh uh saldivar i, I don't know it was the, i don't know that's how you pronounce it isaiah all these guys are teaching the same mess this has been the influx in this deliverance ministry who are lying teaching christians they can be uh indwelt by a demon simultaneously having the spirit of god that's not true these this oppression is a demonic thing or demons or oppression from the enemy in some way in my teen years in my 20 years i lived a lukewarm life i went and partied but if i had this revelation of how the spiritual realm works that it's god's goodness that he gives me his instruction in his word to release to me principles of how i can keep doors shut for my protection that would would have made me to see god's love for me that the bible is powerful and notice what she's saying <laughs> sorry every time i freeze it um if she would have known in her early christian walk that demons could indwell christians um she would have known the love of god more which i don't see how that's a conclusion <laughs> i don't see that as how that's a correlation and she and of course she's not going to prove it this is the key to have abundant life and i really believe that if i had this revelation when i was a teen i don't think i would have gone into the world so if she would if she would have known christians can be possessed by demons she's saying i, I don't think i would have went in the world not 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 knowing the gospel but knowing christians can be possessed by demons is the key to holiness i thought it was the gospel i thought it was the spirit of god dwelling us i thought it was sanctification not anyways that but you but you're an apostle you're contradicting the, the other 12 apostles i would have known god's love more and understood him more notice she has a real sufficiency or deficiency in the gospel to where the gospel's rarely mentioned besides like gospel music <laughs> um she notice what her love is the love of god is rooted in and her experience not the actual gospel that's sad hallelujah so the devil likes to say this lie so because this way he can have um access to christians christians feel more comfortable not surrendering to god and living a lukewarm life when they don't know that they are opening doors for demons to have legal access before they were a christian or when they were a lukewarm christian yeah, right. yeah for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son for us to have demons right <laughs> so terrible so terrible or they they unknowingly opened up a door they could be christian their whole life but they unknowingly opened up 
adore. Let me, let me say this. No one has been a Christian their whole life. How do you become a Christian? Uh, you profess faith in Christ and you're born again. Um, so no, no one's a Christian their whole life. And that's actually going to be very problematic in her teaching right here. We've got a couple minutes left in this video, but so she's about to really get into that. To the enemy. I remember this. This even happened in my life. I was a Christian my whole life. No, you weren't. You, I mean, you're not even Christian now, to be fair, but no one has been a Christian their whole life. Nothing about faith in God, repentance, trusting in the gospel. Um, Nothing. Nothing. You weren't lukewarm. You're admittedly living in sin. She admits it. Watch, watch. And in my teens, I went and partied. I went and lived one foot in the world. So because I had... She was just partying it out, right? One foot in the world. Doesn't even sound like you were one... Sound like you were 10 toes down in the world. Right? It sounded like you were, you were full allegiance. But you were still Christian? <sighs> Open up my door. I was going in the world. Oh, and notice what's the reason for her sin. It's not her. It's the demon. It's demon. I was partying. It opened up the door for that to happen through that person. This is a, these are spiritual things. These are deep spiritual things. <laughs> no, they're not. They're unbiblical things. They're, they're placing the blame on Satan, on, on the devil, rather than you saying, I'm the problem. As the popular Timothy Brindle Shaolin song goes, I'm the problem. You don't have to blame Satan for your sin. You're the problem. Yeah, demon is the scapegoat. Can you imagine that, right? You know, someone like just steals your money and be like, yo, it's not even my fault. A demon made me do it. I still want my money, <laughs> right? You still got these consequences. You still might go to jail. Right? So I was a Christian at that point, but because I had opened up a door, that happened. So that that answers the the question about can Christians have demons? This is so apparently all that is supposed to prove can Christians have demons? No Bible. And if you go watch the full video, there's no Bible. No Bible at all. Which is the sad part. But um, let's see if I could do something real quick. I need, I need to make some more mods. Let me let me do a halftime show of. Making some mods. Because I don't, I don't think I got any mods in here. Let's see. Let's, oh, wait. I got... Yeah, I got one mod in here. Uh, Hold on. Because I know some people are trying to... Get a link in here or something. Sorry. Sorry for the uh, brief halftime show. Let me... Let me... Let me put some people I know be coming in here. And see, hey, look. If, if you come in a lot, you might... You might get made a mod. Oh, man, the chat's going too fast. Oh, hold on. Ah. Okay, there you go. I stopped it. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Added a mod. Mm, let's see. Let's see. Renew minute. Renew my minute. You've been coming through. I just made Rashawn Jones a mod. Renew ministries. I'm going to make you a mod. Hey, but if you if I make you a mod, you got to keep coming down, holding it down. You got to keep coming, holding it down. Uh, let's see. 
Chess Champ. I ain't seen you in a while though. Have I seen you know what? I'll make you a mod. I'll make you a mod. Y'all gotta y'all gotta keep holding it down if I make you a mod, alright? I just made three people a mod. <laughs> alright. So let's get back. The greater revelation I'm giving you. It doesn't mean just listen to any old teaching, even if it's milky. Well, first of all, this is this ain't even milk. This is like spoiled yogurt. Bad. This is goat milk. <laughs> right? Everybody know goat milk. Terrible. Uh uh. But notice she's she, where would we be without Catherine Crick blessing us with the you know these deep revelations she's getting, you know? So <laughs> it doesn't mean just read your Bible, pray fast, you're good. There we go. Reading your Bible, pat, uh, praying and fasting, um, that won't help you. That's not enough. My goodness. No, it means if you were set free by the power of God anointing, devil's mad, you don't want more demons to come back, well, you, you should probably receive, you should receive the highest level of anointing. The Which is her, right? Apostle. <laughs> Which is so arrogant. You know what the apostles never did? Going around boasting in their apostleship. Like, hey, y'all really need to listen to me because I'm an apostle. That wasn't the mainstream ministry of theirs, you know? Now, they had the Apostle Paul has to defend his apostleship, but they rooted and grounded their, their teaching in Scripture. You know, uh, Old Testament citations showing the prophetic fulfillment in that. But she's too lazy to read the Bible and study it, right? That's going to take a while. I know. Believe me. I said it. I'm an apostle. The anointing that had the great power that could set you free, you should receive that to open up your eyes more, to equip you more and more, to release impartation to you even more. Because I... the Bible won't do it. Praying to God won't do it. You need an apostle in your life. This is terrible. It's a denial of the sufficiency of God, uh, su su sufficiency of scripture and the sufficiency of the spirit of God in your life. This is laziness. You know, this is laziness to where, uh, you know, the charismatic movement depends on rather than studying, right? The, the ordinary means that God uses in your life to grow you, to teach you things. It's just quasi, you just get in an instant, right? No working for it. Now, can the spirit of God do that? Sure. But the issue is the ordinary means of how the spirit works is through studying, <laughs> through praying, through learning your lessons. But no, go get an apostle. I used to enjoy, I used to enjoy, um, drinking so much i used to enjoy like the feeling of getting buzzed i wouldn't get drunk really much but i like that feeling of getting buzzed and i was a lukewarm christian and then i became yeah Lael's creations has a good point i thought we were all had the anointing where are all these different levels levels of anointing coming from absolutely absolutely yeah thank you azusa Ri street revival yeah this is the cause of a lot of this mess but i still would like desire that and then i start desired to have that feeling and then I started getting convicted like ah even though you're not getting like drunk like you're not wanting it for the taste of it you're wanting it for the feeling and so God started to convict me now that I was surrendered like I really only want you to desire the feeling that the Holy Spirit gives you to be drunk off the Holy Spirit so nothing really changed you know instead of getting drunk on alcohol she's getting intoxicated on this experience she's getting they're both errors they're both errors because you're dependent on something else right it's not the spirit it's what the spirit makes you feel what 
and, and to be honest, these charismatic movements are, it's not the spirit, actually. It's this experience you're feeling, right? This erratic feeling. You know, you can go to a, a concert and, and get the same exact euphoric feeling. You can go to a pagan uh, cult meeting and get that experiential feeling. Don't seek the feeling. Seek God. Seek God through scripture. And so, like I said, I definitely want, I know, man, this is probably one of my longer lives, but I wanted to get all this out because I think it would be helpful in dealing with Catherine Crick's theology. Just seeing the background of her too. She is someone definitely to be avoided when it comes to um, scripture and her teachings. Yeah, she want to she want to be drunk in the spirit. Everyone say hello to my lovely wife in the chat stopping by. Hello, honey. <laughs> We're about to go eat here soon. But uh, but yeah, someone we should not be following her, her teachings, you know, um, you know. Definitely not equipped to handle God's word. Uh, and she's this is a constant theme of hers. You know, she's why you always lying, always lying. But I think categorically, from the things we covered today, we can label her, you know, she's definitely a false teacher, you know, because there's not enough, Jesus, Jesus, barely miss any Jesus, there's barely any Jesus mentioned, right, this, and one of the questions we've constantly been asking is, wait a minute, who are you? Who are you? You're not an apostle. You know, Paul, I know, but you, I do not, right? It was what a demon would really tell you. And, you know, we got to bring out the St. Westbrook who constantly asks, What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are you talking about, Catherine Crick? Because it ain't the Bible. And so, I know I'll get comments on this from Catherine Crick lovers, uh, saying I shouldn't mess with God's anointing, but hey, she doesn't preach the Bible, so very interesting. So hopefully, guys, this was very helpful for you. I know a lot of people said, hey, thanks for covering this. Uh, you know, drop something in the chat if you have a question, something you want me to cover. Um, you know, we'll see about that. But hey, you know what? If you are following Catherine Crick, this is what my advice would be to you. If I make you feel some type of way Unfollow me Unfollow Catherine Crick <laughs> Cause she is trying to get the dough But hey you know how we do it here At All Things Theology Make sure you like the video Get them likes up Subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed I do content like this regularly Where we talk about certain controversial topics Deal with false teachings And also do some teaching here on the channel So if you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe. Go and do that. Hit the subscribe button. Until next time, y'all, grace and peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Hey, grace and peace. Hey, till the next time, y'all, grace and peace.